podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net and follow us on Twitter at CypherCast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing, The World is But a Maze. We'll be discussing what it means to wrap up a season and what you might want to do to handle such events. Join us on the path of suns and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast The World is But a Maze, we discuss gameplay aspects of the Invisible Sun RPG. Today, we're going to talk about wrapping up a season. We're going to talk about character arcs that are wrapping up, big momentous changes that are happening, and what that means for your game. So this isn't something that is specifically defined in the rules. It's not something that really comes up at a lot of tabletop games, I'm sure. It's not something I've run into all that often. Um, But it's something that I think just sort of organically grows out of Invisible Sun because of the way character arcs work. there is there's a natural stopping point uh, for a character arc. And, you know, from my experience, I've seen that as character arcs are wrapping up, uh, if your players aren't picking up a lot of new character arcs, uh, they might not have a, you know, a clear direction of where they're going to be going. And you might run into a case where you have this big thing that has happened. and everybody's character arcs kind of get tied into it. And once that wraps up, it kind of feels like a season ender of a TV show. Uh, and I know this is something that you might see more often in actual plays um, of RPGs, you know, on YouTube and podcasts and whatnot. Um, and it's something that, you know, I think comes up in invisible sun. Um, so Scott, have you wrapped up seasons? Cause I've, I'm pretty sure you've played uh, your Invisible Sun game with, you know, a notion of seasons. I have, and I didn't necessarily go in thinking of it in terms of seasons, Mm -hmm. but soon uh, maybe it's built into the notion of character arcs, Uh, but something about this game made me really orient towards seasons. Uh, Also, it's, it's useful to have natural breaking points to bring people like bring new people in. Not that you can't bring them in other times, but it's useful to have some sort of culminating moment that is followed by the launch of a new major story uh, that makes it easier to integrate new players. So I've had two seasons uh, that kind of ran from start to finish. And then I'm kind of in season three right now is how I usually describe uh, our game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, the seasons, like how did you know the ending of your season was coming up? I didn't plan it out very specifically. So some might get the impression and I, I don't watch a lot of actual plays, but so I'm guessing a bit here uh, and how some will use the term season is that people will have planned some specific arc. And so they'll know, Oh, I think maybe it's shadow of the demon Lord, which is designed for basically 10 levels and mm-hmm. more or less 10 sessions. And so, you know, well, you know, we're in session eight. That means we're two away from the end of our season. Uh, 
Uh, it was never that specific. I had a general idea of one arc I was telling that was independent of character arcs. It was just sort of the, the players, really their desideratum arc. That was the and one how, I was trying to remember. Yeah, what they got embroiled in at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And that there was a a culminating moment that seemed to bring a lot of things together. And, that, and when I started feeling that was coming, that's like, oh, season, the, the ending of the season's coming. Probably not in episode three or session four or whatever it might be. But after some length of time, when I feel like there's one big story that's reaching its culmination and that I'll be launching a new big story after that, that's when I've kind of almost retrospectively decided, Oh, this is actually, I guess the end of a season. And when you were coming up to the end of the season, did you do anything special to, you know, put a denouement at the end of it? Did you do anything different than you would normally wrap up a session? Yes. Um, first I, I told the, the players, uh, I think we're coming up on the end of the season that mm-hmm. we're coming up to the culmination of a lot of what we've been dealing with over the last several months. So be aware that that's coming up. Uh, and I knew that I wanted to end the season on a bang, <laughs> something really memorable. Um, and so I would sort of plan for a much bigger, more complicated combat, which for us is super rare. We don't do much combat yeah. or a, um, a very unusual location, something quite memorable and, and, with the help of the players, since I warned them a few a few sessions in advance, I could also tie in a lot of culminating character arcs at the same time. Trying not, not trying to avoid it looking so artificial that it's some sort of Deus Ex Machina that ends everyone's character arcs, but when they did naturally fit together, I just kind of wove them in so that we had like three three of our four characters ending character arcs at the same time that we ended our big uh, kind of plot arc, and that in a giant kind of showcase combat encounter with many moving parts and interesting visuals and things like that. Um, and I was like, that's, I just wanted to go out with a bang and a satisfying uh, ending, like, like they've accomplished something. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause when I wrapped up uh, our season, we had, we had no combat. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. um, we did sort of like a, a compressed timeline. we, I went into the last uh, last session of the the season, and I said, "All right, I think we're wrapping up this you know season. We're gonna we're gonna put together a whole bunch of stuff, and like we have a lot of threads out there that I just want to you know tie together and wrap up. And you know, if we were going to sit down and play this and like go through all the steps and you know do all of the." Uh, improvisation and uh exploration and all the mechanical stuff i bet this would you know play out over the course of another you know another four or five sessions uh but you know everybody here like we're kind of wrapping up these character arcs and i want to just sort of put everything together and you know find out what happens so we you know we went through this compressed timeline and said all right what happened like you had this problem, like, how are you going to tackle it? And let's just do the broad strokes. Let's not worry about the little stuff that, you know, might come up if we really dug into it. Uh, and I thought it was a really fun and interesting way to, you know, get from where we were to this big culmination in the course of just one session, uh, which was wrapping up, you know, everything that had led up to it. 
Yeah, we had an epilogue at the end of the last session mm-hmm. that in some cases was about the you know the completion of character arcs. So one character was joining an organization. And the epilogue then was the induction ceremony for her into that organization. And it had a bit of a hint for what the next season would be, but just a little tease. And other characters had similar epilogues, whether they had a culminating character arc um, or not. Like one of them was finding a lost relative. And Mm -hmm. she actually found the lost relative uh, in the previous two sessions or so. And she was involved in this arc. So the epilogue was sort of about getting accustomed to reintegrating this relative into her life. Uh, but having told players like this is the end of season two, it changed the, the, really the stakes of everything. People were willing to lay out, uh, you know, make big changes, make big, take big risks, do big magic uh, in ways that they had been reluctant to. Um, I, I doubt she'll mind me sharing this. Like an example, just completely floored us was uh, we had a character who had had a bow and arrow, and so one of her, uh, I. Th- an artifact or maybe it might've been an ephemera or something like that was a spirit arrow. And I had just put it there. I was like, okay, cause this, this could be a fun story. Like, so what I'll do is I'll say this arrow is actually made of some spirit. Who might it be? And, you know, I was thinking, oh, it could be some great archer. And so she's going to say she gets a bonus on her accuracy or mm-hmm. it could be um, a, some, uh, a spirit of someone else that she thinks that when she hits this, the, big, the big bad, that new spirit is gonna, can, can kind of interfere with the, uh, the big bad. And she just said, it's my dad. <laughs> her dad, in, in our story, her dad had been dead for a long time. Well, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in narrative time. And she had just found her mother. And so, and all of us were like, we just silent. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and so I was like, like okay, let, let's roll with it. She hits the big bad with the arrow. And then the big bad has to then fight with the spirit of her father um, while he's trying to stop the players from disrupting the ritual. And I, I had not predicted that at all. It had never crossed my mind. But because of the stakes of having the season ending, I think everyone had kind of ratcheted up the craziness and the intimacy in this case uh, of what they were doing. And they were willing to make big changes to their characters uh, because it was in this culminating moment. Now, do you, do you think that, okay, so you have the, the season ender and everybody's swinging for the fences. Do you think there's any sort of, like, would you encourage your players to swing for those fences, even if it's not the season ender? Yes. Like, and, why, and, and not, I do. why not do those big things during the course of the game? Um, I do encourage that, but it's people often do hold back. And I think it was just the notion that like, th- this is the season finale. So I'm going to play it like a season finale triggered in their brain, more willingness to do those sorts of things. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. I, uh, I don't know if it's something we're talking about here. Like why hold back during the, the course of a game? Why not just, go for the big exciting stuff like like the common advice for con games because you're going to play pre-gens and never play those characters again outside of certain like adventures league setups is you know write it like you stole it (laughs) just go crazy have a lot of fun there because you know even if you go out if you go out go out in in a ball of flames and in a dramatic fashion and have fun doing it because after four hours you're done 
Well, in this case, I wouldn't say it was necessarily self-destructive interpretations of that advice, but it was similar to that advice because there's a, a, a net behind the uh, the session where like whatever we do, we're going to have a gap. We're going to have s- there's space between what's happening now and what will happen in our next next session. So we're mm-hmm. probably going to do an epilogue. There might be a time skip. There's all these other sorts of things that might let us go crazy right now and then put the pieces back together again for season three. So how do you fill that gap between seasons? Like how do you move the story forward? Like how do you pick it up? How do you get everybody reinvested in it? What I did was since most of the players had finished character arcs, I asked them to think about new character arcs. And based on those new character arcs, I built up an idea for a plot arc for the next season. And Mm -hmm. idea might be an exaggeration. (laughs) I have a vague idea of what I'm trying to accomplish in season three and, but use these new character arcs as, um, as fuel, both for the plot arc and for the sorts of B plots and C plots for specific characters that are weaving in and out of stories for season three. So I took some time. I let, so that we could enjoy an epilogue, uh, where the character, previous character arcs paid off, Mm -hmm. uh, and then used a time skip, of an arbitrarily defined time skip uh, just so players can kind of get the sense that they're back into the normal lives because only if they're back into the normal lives will disrupting that by the events of season three have any dramatic weight. Okay. Um, I, I also used a time skip when I, when we finished up one big arc Um, we had a character die at the end of the arc and a whole bunch of crazy stuff went down because of that uh and then we broke for the holidays and it was like all right uh i want you all to like think about what your character has been doing for the past year because we're going to pick things up a year from when we left off and i want to know you know what your characters have been doing what they are pursuing like where are they at right now and when i got feedback from all my players regarding you know what their characters were up to i was able to use that and put together some idea of here's where I think we're going to go with the rest of this campaign. Um, And it was kind of like we ran another session zero. And instead of like building a neighborhood, we just sort of built all their, like we reset all their motivations and figured out where everybody was and kind of built a new desideratum. That makes a lot of sense. And it depends on your, your, your group. Uh, mine wants a little more plot direction, mm-hmm. so uh, they don't want to, they don't want it to be as emergent as it can be with a new session zero. But I did sort of ask them to think about like given the culmination of your arcs or the work you're doing on the remainder of arcs if you haven't finished them, kind of some months later, what is what has been going on in your life? What is it like that you've returned to normal? And then again, we use that to establish a baseline so that in season three, I can mess up the normal again. Yep. But it'll feel like there's like if you're just going from one massive conflict to another and you never reestablish the normal, the massive conflicts just seem to all blend together. And they're all just you're just moving from one crisis to another to really get the emotional impact of some of these crises. I thought I found it, I found it useful to return to return to more normal, talk about that normal again, help have players build their normal. What what is what do you do now that you've gone through these first two seasons and you've experienced these things? How has it changed you? What's your new life like? And then, of course, new changes are coming. Yeah. <laughs> so watch out for season three. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I'm, I would echo that sentiment because that's what I did without really thinking about, you know, I wasn't thinking about the dramatic beats. It was like, oh, we had this big crazy thing go on and now I want this year of downtime. Let, like what what is everybody's state? You know, mm-hmm. how are things going for everybody? And that was really, you know, the dramatic, not a downbeat, but it was just sort of, you know, a neutral state that everybody was at. And then we picked things back up with, you know, a new dramatic situation that they had to figure out and resolve. Yeah. I don't think I was as deliberate as it sounds uh, with my kind of dramatic interpretation of these. It was mostly Mm -hmm. derived by instinct and it's only retrospectively that I'm like, Oh, this is why I did that. Yeah. So it turns out we're both really good at this. Okay, cool. Some, or or we don't tell you about the bad mistakes we make (laughs) Uh. (laughs) unless we think they'd be educational mistakes and I'd be happy to tell you. Yeah. Um, but I, I found this approach, it's probably an approach I'll be taking into all my games of all systems of all kinds is to now think more in terms of seasons so that I can, I can make sure that my arcs are contained because one of the greatest frustrations of RPGs, let's say for the first 40 years of my life was that I kept thinking of these broad arcs that were impossible to actually implement with humans that have schedules. Mm hmm. So I would be thinking about, oh, well, this this could this could fuel 40 sessions of play or really an arbitrary number of sessions, you know, hundreds if we wanted to. And like, that sounds fantastic. 40 plus year old me is like, uh, uh-uh. nope. all that means is we're going to get three episodes or three sessions in it's all going to fall apart. But if I can say, oh, let's do this in in sets of 10 or 12 or something like that, it's easier for me to say, oh, well, we, we started and completed something. Now let's start and complete something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the transition between season two and season three, we brought in a new player. We had lost some along the way uh, and gotten down to a core group of four. Um, and now we're, you know, we add a new person and, and this, the, the, the gap between seasons was a natural way to introduce a player and actually have some time to develop why they got connected. In this case, it's a, the new player decided to be sort of a, a mentee of one of the weavers. And so we could then build into this gap that the, as part of the Weaver uh, uh, group, uh, she was assigned this mentee and can build this new character in to at least have some connection with the rest of the group. Though it's emerging from season three is that that new character still feels like an outsider. And that has become a bit of a character arc is how to become, how to feel like he is part of the group. And I think this this the pacing that is implied by having seasons allowed for that to happen in a natural way that's much harder when you're going from one dungeon to another dungeon in a more or less continuous fashion. Yeah, it is, it is nice to have a break like that. It, it makes sense. Plus, we naturally have breaks over holidays and things like that anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think this one was timed pretty much with a holiday break. season. The season two ending with a holiday break. I don't recall what the timing was of our season one finale. Yeah, we usually have like a good six week period where we might get together once, but it's not likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got uh, work things uh, starting to creep up. So do we want right. to wrap this up? Uh, yes, I think we do have uh, an important announcement, though. Uh, speaking of wrapping things up for a little while uh, after this episode, Incantations is going to be going on hiatus for a little while. Uh Dave, so you, you're wrapping up your campaign. Uh, mine's continuing, yep. but it's in a, in a you know, uh, but we'll see for how long. It's kind of an open question. Um, 
Yeah, we will be getting together in person and we're going to be recording something in the end of March at GaryCon. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, expect to hear something then. But it's good. We, we've hit uh, basically every week or whether it's every other week or every week based on the current plan for what, three and a half years now? Real close to three and a half. Yep. So, uh, but so this will be the first deliberate hiatus. Uh, but you might say we're ending season whatever of three and a half years. Uh, we'll just call it season one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll be retooling and figuring out what it is we want to do moving forward. But we just wanted to tell people that if they don't have a, a an episode drop next Friday, don't panic. Um, this is not because we got hit by a comet or something like that. Um, it's we we are deliberately on hiatus. And if you have ideas and things you want, uh, hit us up, tell us. And cause we'll be again, meeting to talk about this in person, a rare treat for us. We usually only get to do it at Gen Con, but mm-hmm. now maybe twice a year. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to play like old school RPGs at Gary Con. Yep. That'll be fun. All right. Uh, Stop well, there. thanks everyone. Yes. Thank, thank you everyone for your support. And again, Keep uh, keep circulating the tapes uh, and uh, provide feedback as to what you like and what you don't like as we consider where to move forward uh, after this hiatus. But we both had some work stuff and other things that just made us need to take a break for a little while. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond, from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, we also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and ha- help people find us. <laughs>